advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Raw Entrepreneurs, Season 1, Episode 17. This is Part 2 of Dr. Odette Suter's interview. Today's episode is a very thoughtful and introspective interview with Dr. Odette Suter, who uses functional medicine principles combined with numerous holistic healing modalities to help resolve underlying stresses that lead to disease in animals. Not only is she a kind and sensitive healer, she's an author as well as educator and helps her clients learn how to proactively create longevity for their animals. This interview actually gave me much to think about, not just about animal health, but about our own spiritual well-being. It wasn't so much what she said, but what she didn't say that touched me the most. I want to thank her for allowing me into her personal space to listen to her thoughts, and I look forward to continuing our conversation in the near future. This is Dr. Odette Suter's origin story and her journey as an unconventional functional vet. Functional medicine as a vet. Um... Usually when you have clients coming in, um, how, how would you start you know, the process of uh, uh, investigation normally? Okay, so before they even come in, I have people fill out a questionnaire with um, you know, a lot of questions so that I can get an idea of the history and what they're doing with their animals and what, what their goals are, what their difficulties are. And, and, and then I also um, request medical records from all their previous vets. That gives me a pretty good history of, of what's been going on with the animals um, so that I know a little bit about where to go from there. And then when they come in, I, I obviously do an exam with the, you know, of the animal to see what I notice. And then I talk to them about the challenges that I see and how and, and I come up with a plan on, on how to get the animal to feel better. And um, I always start with diet. That's always the first thing because without a good diet, there's not much we can do. It's kind of like a house. You know, you have no bricks or whatever. You need to build a house. You can't build it. So um, I always start with nutrition and then also healing the, um, the gastrointestinal tract uh, because that's also one of the foundational pieces. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't have Corona. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, once they're more stable, because you want a stable animal to be able to um, start to make uh, bigger changes, because if they can't handle what you're trying to do with them, then, you know, it doesn't work. Uh, so once they're somewhat stable with a good diet and a functioning GI tract and elimination of, you know, things that they may have an issue with, um, I usually start to do a little bit of detox with them because we live in an environment that's uh, quite polluted. So I like to help, you know, their system, their liver and kidneys and such to, you know, I, I just want to help them eliminate some of the toxicity because that also keeps the body from not functioning, you know, optimally or as well as it could. Um, in the process, I obviously also look at other things such as um, hormones because um, animals that have hormone levels that are too low, they wouldn't be able to function no matter what else I do. 
Um, so if they need support in that department, I will help them with that. Um, and then I also look at them uh, from a mobility nervous system um, standpoint, because you know quality of life is about being able to move without pain. Um, but the nervous system also affects you know the internal organs and everything else. So in order for everything to be able to function properly, I want to make sure that um, communication within the system is working uh, the way it should. And you know one way of communication within the system is is through the nerves. And then fitness and exercise is, uh, is one of the last ones that I look at because um, if an animal doesn't move and doesn't get enough exercise, they also can't be as healthy as, as they could be. Uh, but of course, you always have to take into consideration what they're capable of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how, how that process goes. Uh, so I start with diet and then I just continue to move. So it's not a just a one-time consultation. It's, it's usually, you know, several um, appointments, several, um, you know, healing sessions to make progress. Usually um, the clients that come to you, um, would you say they are generally open to your suggestions or do you, f do you have resistance like in your suggestions, like say diet changes or, you know, um, the suggestions that you make to, to try to improve um, the health of the of the the animal. Do you, do you face a lot of resistance normally? Um, no, not usually. Um, I have to say that you know people who come to me, they already are either on a holistic path or they want to learn more about it or they tried everything else and it didn't work. So they're more than happy to try. I think the biggest hurdle is probably finances, um, because depending on how an animal is doing. Um, you know, getting them to recover is not going to be, you know, super cheap, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, they may need multiple sessions, they may need ongoing support, depending on what's going on. And so, you know, sometimes people have already exhausted their financial resources um, when they come to me. So we just do the best that we can with, with what's available and possible. Uh, yeah, I think um, for me as a rescuer, uh, I think uh, money is always an issue for us because uh, we have a very tight budget that we work with normally. And especially when you handle a lot of um, ad hoc cases coming in, um, you know, uh, I know people will say like, oh, you, have, you should do all this diagnostic testing and everything else. Um, and unfortunately, um, as a rescuer, we can't always afford to do that. Yeah. And in Singapore, we actually don't have any holistic vets here. Or wow. we don't have any like integrative functional medicine vets that like you um, in, in Singapore. Everyone is, I would say, still um, old school, conventionally trained. We might have some, some vets who practice acupuncture, um, Chinese medicine, um, you know, maybe some uh, manipulation of some sort like Bowen therapy or something. But I would say in general, um, every clinic that I've been to all sells prescription diet on the mm. shelf. Very conventional. And, you know, they will always tell you about the annual vaccinations that you have to do. Um, you got to come in every year for that. And normally they would always prescribe some sort of antibiotic or steroid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that. Yeah. So I think for me um, as a rescuer and in my journey, learning more about holistic modalities, um, I have to thank Facebook for that and Google because um, being in Singapore, we are very limited in, in the knowledge, the knowledge share. And when I came across you, you know, uh, I, what can I say? I love, I love the fact that you talk about poop <laughs> and, and the microbiome. Yes. No, really, really. I, I, I love that because, um, one thing I, I was, I was learning to change from, um, the commercial diet was slowly into a fresh food, raw diet. So I would say like all my foster animals at home, um, I have like 12 cats and one dog currently, you know, um, in my place, everyone now is more or less on a raw food diet. 
accept my oldest. She's going to be 12 in May. Um, she started, she was my very first, my, my very first baby that, that I adopted. And unfortunately, I didn't know better then. And I, I trusted my conventional vet. So I listened to everything the vet said. So it was, um, you know, science diet. Um, she got her vaccination shots for the first five years of her life. And unfortunately, that screwed up her, her microbiome, her, her gut health. So to this day, you know, we're still paying for it. You know, uh, she still has, you know, a lot of discomfort and, and, and throwing up. But uh, we managed to slowly, you know, change her diet through trial and error because she wouldn't take raw food for a very, very long time. Only in the last few months, actually. And oh, even then, yeah. it has to be mixed with Zewi Peak wet canned food, you know, and her supplements thrown in. But mm-hmm. uh, for the first uh, 12, 11 years of her life, it, you know, uh, it was a constant battle and struggle for a cat. Because I think a dog is easier to transition to raw, but for a cat, they can be so stubborn, especially when they somehow imprint on them um, the first food that they ate as a baby. It's... It, you know, kibble addict, that, that was her. And I did the 24-7 buffet thing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So until I, I knew what I was doing wrong and I switched it out, it was a huge battle, you know, with her. <laughs> well, yeah, cats, you know, they're, they're never, they're, they always think you're trying to poison them or, or kill them or something. You know, they are never very cooperative. <laughs> oh, she still does. She still does. In fact, um, I found... Um, because we don't have any vets doing um, fecal matter transplant over here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found animal biome um, yeah. in the US. So yeah. um, I, that was actually the easiest for me to, to, to ship over from over there. So I, I started to give her the poop pills for, for mm-hmm. felines. Mm-hmm. And um, we saw an improvement. But, you know, so she has good days and bad days. So when we stopped the course... Um, you can see, you know, a deterioration in her, in her gut health. But when we started up again, you know, there's a, an improvement. But, oh, pilling her is another thing. You know, if you... <laughs> cats and pills. <laughs> it's not so easy. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find a vet, you know, who will do like a rectal enema. And then you just bring the poop from one of your other cats. Mm. Who's healthy. You could always do that. I would have to test the poop though, wouldn't I? To Yeah, it probably would be better to do that, but you know, depending on your resources. Yeah. Um they can all do enemas. You know, every conventional vet can do an enema. So whether it's an enema with water and some gel, you know, to get some poop out, or whether they just add a little saline to poop and mix it up and stick it in a syringe and up their butts. Um, you know, okay. it's not much different. Mm, yeah, well, the other thing is trying to get her into a carrier now <laughs> and bring her to the bed. <laughs> it looks like you have quite the individual on. on oh, yeah, she's the queen. A lot of lessons. Oh, no, she's the queen. She's, she's a loner. Uh, you know, I think she looks at me very disapprovingly when I started my rescue journey. Because uh, when uh, I started to bring in fosters and, you know, uh, other cats, she has this look of disdain, you know, and, and, and shock and horror like, oh. Why? You know, who are they and how dare you, you know? So we, we, we have, you know, cat politics where she'll pee once in a while on the bed or something, you know, just to show us <laughs> you know. She knows how to use a litter box, but when she's upset, she'll start to, you know, do her territorial thing. Yeah. Uh but well, yeah. cats are not usually they're more loners. Mm. You know, they're not so herd bound or pack oriented, <laughs> I guess. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But, well, good for you for doing all of this for for the cats. You know, I mean, that's quite amazing. Obviously. Oh, we try, we try. Uh, you know, um, that, and you know, I I use certain, um, I use Dr. Melissa Shelton's uh, Animalio essential oils over here, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I found that it helps to substitute a lot of the. Sometimes the, the the medication that the, the you know the vets here would say like go on steroids or the antibiotics. Sometimes I find that uh, combining say poop pills uh, with with the oils and the diet you know and and like uh, herb herbal supplements, I found a, a better response in the animals. Because when I used to do it the conventional way and 
you know, uh, not only was it a lot more costly, mm-hmm. but it was just a cycle that I found that, you know, it, it, you know, we'll finish one course of antibiotics and then, you know, something else happens and they say, oh, you know, they, they give a reason, say, so another round of antibiotics or another round of steroids and it never solved the issue, you know, it was always like one, one snowball problem yeah. after another and, you know, you know, after a while, it makes you sort of wonder, like, it's just a normal thing for animals because, you know, we see animals in the wild and, you know, they don't seem to have a problem like the ones that we do, you know, when you rescue and, and feed them. And I found that, you know, just even switching out the diet from the prescription diet, you know, the kibble diet to, you know, a simple raw diet, we saw a huge, a huge change immediately, you know, from the coat, the skin, you know, the health. Um, yeah, because it's you know like freeze. I mean, dried diets and and junk food diets, as I call them. Um, it's like eating junk food. You know, they can't be healthy. I always say to people, you know, when I talk to them about raw food, is um, that animals will do better with what they would eat in the in the wild because that's what their body is made for. So if you're feeding them something that's completely different than from what they would eat in the wild, you can't expect them to be healthy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. You know, so, at least nowadays, I mean, way back when, I think, you know, people always come with the argument that, well, but we always used to do that and my dogs lived forever, you know? I'm like, yeah, but we live in a different environment now. There's a lot more pollution. There's so much toxicity. There's a lot more stress. There's, you know, um, animals as you know from generation to generation are getting sicker because the parents are already not super healthy and so it kind of if it perpetuates and um we can't really compare it anymore um so you know what you're doing and educating people in that regard is really awesome one thing i found with um covid well we call it covid19 over here i think in the u.s you call it the coronavirus oh we call it covid19 as well it's just yeah. i'm not up to date. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I found that, you know, it's um it's it's a very we live in a very unusual time now where everybody around the world is facing the same challenge, this pandemic. And I know that, you know, a lot of people are now either shelter in place uh, over there or, you know, um because you're considered a, um essential services as a vet, uh mm-hmm. you can still practice and, and, and run your business with I think with limitations as well. How how have you found, um, you know, um, how has it affected your business? I mean, like in, even like in terms of operations and, and how, 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 how you see your clients or service your clients? Yeah, well, I mean, we definitely see a little bit less patients, although it's starting to kind of pick up again because people are realizing that they still need to do something. Um, but yeah, we do curbside. So, um, we have the patient, the client wait in the car while we take the animal into the clinic and then we do whatever we need to do, uh, in the clinic and then we bring them back outside and, you know, we wear masks and gloves and, and those types of things. And then just to make it easier for the animals, what we've, um, been doing is we've been uh, using FaceTime and WhatsApp, um, so that the owner could still be present um, during the, the treatment and, and exam and all. Um, and it seems to really help put the animals a little bit more at ease because, you know, oftentimes they don't really like to be separated from their, from their family. Um, so it helps. Or um, we have one room that has windows to the outside so people can just stand outside while we treat the animals. So it depends a little bit on the animal. You know, some of them have been coming to see us and they love being here, you know, coming. So they're not a problem. It's usually more the ones that are a little worried and, and scared of the vet in general. Um, and then for, for some of them, we also ask the owner to bring their siblings. So sometimes with the siblings in the room, that also helps to calm them down so that they don't feel like they've been abandoned by their family because there's somebody else from the family there as well. So we definitely try our best and then, you know, lots of treats and, <laughs> and hug. I mean, well, not so much hugs because we have to be a little careful, um, but you know, just, yeah, just loving them up basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I found, 
you know, I think um, a blessing, well, I don't know, maybe I'm on a slightly different, but I think a blessing in disguise with um, COVID-19 has been, you know, when you're talking about pollution and toxicity um, that you try to do the detox, I found that since this whole pandemic started and everyone is having to cut back on going outside, I found that the earth is actually healing, you know, the air is actually cleaner, you know, there's less pollution, less littering going on. I think the waters are cleaner and I've, we've actually seen more and more wildlife actually coming out, uh, you know, uh, which I, I don't know, I personally enjoy it. So I don't know, to me, there's an upside to, to all the doom and gloom that people are going on, you know. Um, I actually enjoy this period because it's a very reflective period where you actually get a chance, I think, to reboot yourself mm-hmm. and... and um, think very hard about, you know, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> you know, um, I think that that's one thing that, yeah, um, this uh, COVID-19 has has done for, I think, a lot of people with this social distancing and such. But um, just giving the planet a chance to heal. Um, I don't know whether your side have, whether you've noticed, you know, it's this cleaner somehow, you know. Yeah, there's just definitely a lot less traffic when I have to go to work. <laughs> it's easier, but um, yeah, definitely it's more calm. You know, growing up in Switzerland, it was always on the weekends on Sunday. No, nobody was working, so the whole country was shut down, and every, every and it just felt much more peaceful. Here in the United States, everything is open twenty four seven, so you never get that energy drop where everything is sort of gets a little more peaceful and relaxed and not that busy like stressing buzzing sort of energy um so that definitely has changed you know things are much more um relaxed that way um people seem to have a bit more time for things not me but other people <laughs> um and definitely the reflection is certainly you know I'm, I'm glad that you're taking the time to do that i think um for a lot of people, it's very challenging because they have to sit with themselves and that can be really uncomfortable. If you're <laughs> buried a lot of feelings and, and hurt and whatever it may be. But I think it's, as you said, it's a time for rejuvenation or a time for rebooting. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I'm not Personally, I'm not focusing a lot on on the negative things just because, well, yeah, <laughs> I have be- I have better things to do. <laughs> so, or, what, what's your what's your you know like a normal day routine for you? You know, uh, right now. Yeah. Well, um, I still see clients uh, at least three days a week. And then um, I've been preparing for lectures that I had to do anyways. And so it's given me a little bit more time to do that. Um, So to be honest, my day-to-day life hasn't really changed all that much so far. Um, I haven't really gotten any kind of break (laughs) yet. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm more of an introvert in general so i'm not really somebody who goes out all that much plus you know when i'm done working i'm tired and i i just want to i don't know zone out (laughs) and do nothing um but yeah certain things have changed um i i um i love to dance i you know take dance lessons and so those have been shifted to online dance (laughs) lessons which you know, there's definitely no physical contact, so I miss that. <laughs> you do ballroom dancing, is it? Is that is that? Yeah, yeah. Because I I see some of the videos that that you post online, and um, I I find that actually um, nice. I I like to see that, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're also stressed out normally, and they're so serious all the time. But you know, uh, one thing that I I love following you is that you know, uh, you you pursue other interests that you know uh, that you enjoy, and you and you you know, seeing you um, have a good sense of humor and everything. It's I don't know. Uh, it's a very positive spark. Because I don't know, I mean, like, I'm quite new to social media because I only joined Facebook in the last few years only. 
um, just for my animals. Before that, I've never had an interest in social media or joining Facebook for personal usage. Not interested in that. In that sense, like very much an introvert. You know, I just like my books and doing my own thing with my animals. But um, I have to say, um, joining the social media and um, finding you and um, the other uh, raw fresh feeding community. Um, has been has been very positive and very inspiring because you know uh being in Singapore like I said we don't get a lot of that within the country and it's because of uh this social media stuff that you know uh and Google you know I've learned more mm-hmm. in following you um I don't know I I I actually like your book it's 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 not a very thick book you know, like, you know, some vets, they do quite a, quite a big book and, and, and stuff, but yours is actually really easy, easy to read, you know, and um, very to the point. I don't know. It's, you know, it's easy to comprehend. It, it, I don't read around the bush. <laughs> yeah, no, it's easy to comprehend. And, and I, I liked and I really liked it a lot. And I actually read it a couple of times because that was, you know, how fast and easy it was. Um, are you planning to to do another book anytime soon? I don't know. One of my my um, colleagues just said the other day we should write a book together. You know about <laughs> different things. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing planned yet, but um, maybe I'll write something at some point about something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right now I'm more into, you know, still creating some lectures, although I have my whole video series. So I think that one is um, somewhat complete, but you know, every time I study something new, I, I end up making a lecture or I, I, I end up, well, the way it actually happens is I, I sign up to do a lecture on a subject I know nothing about and then I, I get into trouble. Oh no, I love that. <laughs> and then I study like crazy to meet all my deadlines and everything. And, and, and so then, you know, I learned something new and then because it's a lecture, I end up, you know, recording it and putting it into my videos. You know, oh no, no, that's the best way of learning actually and, and, and sharing. It's a little stressful, I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, because I'm studying it on my own, kind of trying to put it together and oftentimes it's something new. And, and recently it's been more um, around physics um, of things like water, EMFs and, you know, electromagnetic stuff. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, my brain is hurting so badly right now. <laughs> Somebody please help. <laughs> so it can be a little more difficult because I guess in a way it's a little bit like, you know, what you explained about having to piecemeal things together because you're in an area where there's not a lot of um, holistic information or available. So I'm kind of doing that with my lectures too. And, and so it's, it's yeah. Wow. Um, I decided I was going to take a break after this one that I'm preparing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, that no, that's good. Um, I think I don't know. I'm not a very structured person. Uh, I'm a, I'm a lazy person. So you know uh, what you say about picking, doing something that you don't know, and learning about it, and cramming and and, and learning, and then presenting it out. Um, that that sounds like something that I'm doing, you know, in a way. I mean, especially with like this podcasting, I totally out of my comfort zone. But I made I sort of told myself this year in 2020, I'm going to do something that is completely not me. So what's not me? Um, going online, doing social media, and you know, doing a podcast and and talking and and learning because I actually want to learn from people like you and get a chance. It's my selfish way of getting to, to speak to you one-on-one, to be honest, you know, like my, you know, a fangirl here. <laughs> I, enjoy, I do enjoy it very much. And I think you're a natural at it. So keep doing it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's, you know, just mucking around because I don't really have a clue what I'm doing, but I'm just thinking like, well, you know, I want to, I want to learn and I want to share because a lot of my fellow rescuers, um, they, 
they are on a either a similar path or just starting out with learning more about um, integrative, you know, functional medicine as an alternative to oh. to to what's available uh, locally in Singapore. So, you know, every once in a while, I'll be spamming them with articles or, you know, links, you know. So whenever, um, like, you know, when, when you show in your clinic, um, when you do a, a session, you know, uh, a session with one of your clients, you know, like some sort of manipulation and stuff. I And I actually, me, I actually enjoy watching that. And then I'll, you know, I'll send it to a friend and say, look, this, this is what they do over there, you know. <laughs> You know, and we're like, yeah, wish wish we had more of that here, which is more like common, but it's it's not that common over here, you know. Um, so you know what what whatever I can learn um online from from you know people like you who are, I said you know like super superheroes and 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 teaching other people. So you know, doing the lectures that you do, you know, I think that's awesome. You know, um, I I, you know, uh, yeah, me being being kind of like nerdy i like to i like to watch things like that i like to read things like that <laughs> so you know thank you thank you for for doing what you do man <laughs> right back at you thanks for what you do you know because that's very important as well i you know you touched on something about you know that we don't really know much or i, I can't remember how you put it but i find that the more i learn the more i feel like i don't know anything <laughs> You know, so yeah. I think we're all kind of, I think you said mucking around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, There's I, so much to know and so much to learn. And Yeah, I know. think I think for a lot of people, it's overcoming that mental shift because um, to be honest, I think we all start with zero knowledge and we, and we sometimes we come with, you know, when we grow up and especially with um, authority figures like, you know, vets. Um, we trust we trust their opinion, and I mean, like for me, I trusted my vet. You know, I said like, okay, she's trained, she knows what she's doing, and I'm just going to follow whatever she says. And next thing I know, my cat is just throwing up every single time. I mean, the worst was she kept throwing up. I don't know more than ten times through the night. I mean, I couldn't sleep, and I was crying because she was crying in pain, literally crying in pain, and then she was throwing up, and you know, it was a, you know from food to bowel to you know just. You know, it, it was really bad at one stage. And, you know, I was just thinking like, what am I doing wrong? I mean, you know, I, I couldn't figure it out because I was doing whatever the vet told me to do. Yeah. And it wasn't helping her. And that's when, you know, I started thinking, well, hey, maybe the vet is wrong, you know. Uh, you know, and, and that's when, you know, you, ha you sort of have to find the courage to sort of break from that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, to, to sort of think like, mm, maybe she doesn't, maybe the vet doesn't know what, you know, not, not quite right. So that's where, you know, um, unfortunately, I'm one of those who does the Google thing to try and figure out, you know, uh, what's going on. And yeah, well, that's good. We, I think we should never stop asking questions and never stop. Uh, I mean, definitely never just follow blindly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. one thing I've learned. But nobody knows. Nobody knows everything. You know, I mean, I have success with some animals and other animals. They don't get better with what I tried to do. You know, it's, it's there's so many factors too. I mean, it's it's not even just what we do or don't do. It may also just be what the animal's journey is and the person's journey, mm -hmm. um, because I think there's a lot more to everything than what meets the eye. Um, to be honest, you know, because there's some animals that come with cancer and you're, you think, oh, they're not going to make it. And they live another couple of years or so. And then you have others that come in and you think, oh, yeah, they still have a lot of energy and everything. And two weeks later, they're dead. So it's like, you know, I think there's more to that. You know, I, uh, in, in my experience, and I'm, you know, I, that, that, that may just be a belief of mine, I'm not sure. <clears throat> but I think that, you know, animals choose what they want and how they want to live their lives and they choose their people and they choose their lessons. And when they're done, they leave. And there's nothing we can do, you know, 
but we can definitely in the process of being with them learn as much as we can and and love them and and be loved by them and you know grow together i guess mm. as you know as um i was <clears throat> you know because what you do is really precious and 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 sacred because you 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 are it's it's life that you're literally you know in your hands and you're trying to save a life or you know improve the lifespan of of an animal how you know being a rescuer we come cases where you know you lose you lose some animals um and death you know and sometimes it can be really hard to to overcome that the grief and and the and the, that mindset that negativity um how have you been able to you know to deal with that you know with that struggle um because you're dealing with life and death like i would say you know as, as a vet almost on a every day whenever you see an animal how how do you deal with that mindset you know that struggle well um i think what might be a little easier for me is because i just know from experience and from being able to connect with the animals and communicate with them that just because they're not here anymore in physical form doesn't mean that they're not here anymore you know it's like they for me they they keep living on it just in a different way um but if i'm if if somebody brings an animal that still has life in it and is not really ready to go and they um insist on on euthanizing the animal that just about kills me i mean yeah thankfully that very rarely happens um and i'm i'm lucky that way because as holistic vets i think people don't ask you to do things like that so much it's probably more in the conventional field where, where veterinarians have to deal with that a lot more you know where or especially in the rescue field um you know a lot of these animal shelters who who get animals and there's just no no room there's nobody who wants them and and having to you know end lives like that is very is much more challenging i think <clears throat> um but yeah i i just every every time i'm faced with it i just go back to um well, for one, praying for them and, and myself too, <laughs> and for everybody you know involved, but also just going back to, I guess, the knowledge or the sense that there's a reason for everything. And even if I can't see it, doesn't mean it's not there. Which was, which was your... Did you ever have a, a case where it had a very profound, you know, an animal that, that, you, that you dealt with that, that had a very profound effect on, on how it um, molded you or, you know, um, guided you in your, in your journey? Did you, did you have any, you know, um, difficult cases that, you know, challenged you or inspired you at the same time? Um, I guess, I mean, there have always been some animals, you know, along the way um, that have kind of driven me into a different direction. Um, and it's also the people, um, especially earlier on in my uh, life, you know, when I was still a vet student, I had one client. Um, who had somebody come because her, her horse her pony had a problem with with the sinuses and just constant infection and it had been at the vet hospital um and it just wasn't healing and so she ended up um consulting a psychic and that psychic really helped um this pony and, and he recovered and everything so um i think it's situations like that where other ways of, of healing were kind of presented that really shaped where I was going, you know, and, and kept me open. And um, it's not necessarily that it's one particular animal 
you know that that's doing it it's just it's kind of sneaking in from all directions you know all the time it seems like um i mean currently i'm working with an animal who um, was diagnosed with meningitis and she had already had a second relapse so difficulty walking um you know dizziness wobbly um, that sort of thing and just no life in her much i mean just not feeling good and uh, i've been working for, with her every couple of weeks she comes in and we recheck you know what's going on and what else we need to do because um, i think the underlying issue for her was that she had um, an infection with some of the lyme and co-infections um, and viruses and things like that and so every week she's every couple of weeks i see her so she's getting better and better and better and we she started out on high doses of prednisone and and steroids uh, basically and and now she's almost off of them and she's playing again the way she used to be and um so she's kind of regained her her spark um wow. so those are uh, those are really nice you know they these kind of stick with you um but no. yeah i mean like speaking to you um you know, I can see that you have a very deep sense of spirituality. <clears throat> and I find that um, very admirable and, and very refreshing because most, I mean, like I said, most vets that I know here, um, they don't have that, that, that centeredness that you seem to have, you know, um, to, to, towards <clears throat> how you deal with life and the animals and, and, and the treatment and the courses that you go through, you know. Um, and yet, as a vet, you're very science-based. I don't know. Is that the left side or the right side of the brain? Mm, I think it's the right, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so <clears throat> I, find, I find it, you know, amazing that, you know, you have a very science background because that is what you have to do to, to, to be who you are. <clears throat> and yet, your, your core center is profoundly very spiritual and, you know, uh, very beautiful actually you know uh it takes one to know one you know i i you know i i find that you know uh you're, you're like one of those renaissance warriors in that sense you know you have you have the the science tools background and yet you have you have mother nature and you have that innate quality in you to the in, intuition in, in helping the animals and, and speaking to them, which I find that um, like, wow, <laughs> I have not met a vet here that does what you do. I'll be very, very honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's certainly what gets me through life because, you know, there's so much going on and it'd be very easy to get sucked into all that depressive sort of energy but you know we all are here to learn and experience and grow and so everything is good just the way it is you know but it definitely helps i mean but it's not been easy i mean i can say that i mean i've had to face my my darkness and my challenges and i keep doing that you know every day and 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 grow and um as a result, I do find more peace and more joy and more love, which is really nice, you know. And then people like you come into my life and and share their journeys, and and I can help others. So um, it's good. It's uh, good. Uh, you no. you're you're truly one of a kind, Doctor Sutta. Like really, well, really, no, really, I. You too. Uh, you too. You're a pioneer in your neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm just. I'm just mucking around, <laughs> but you know. I think you're doing much more than that. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that. I think you're you're on the right path, and you're doing. I mean, uh, but the wrong path. You're on the path. <laughs> well, I hope so. Uh, I I don't know where where my journey will end up, but uh, you know, uh, one thing I do know is that you know, um, that the more the more I help animals, and especially when we try to rehome them. Mm -hmm. for adoption um you know it's it's always a chance to try and educate potential adopters on the importance of health as a foundation right. you know and that again is that that mind shift that they you know they, they they're listening to me going like what i was like you know and I explain to them and the best part is when they come to my home 
to to look at potential um, cats, for instance, to for rehoming. They they are always amazed at the fact that I have so many cats. I live in a seventy two square meter flat, so mm-hmm. that's like um, less than eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Square feet, I think. I'm really bad with 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 things yeah, like that. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I'm a, we we live in a in an urban environment in Singapore, so um, I live in a tiny flat. And uh, most times when people come, they don't realize they're amazed that I have twelve cats and one dog. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you go to a, a, someone's home with animals, there's a smell, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's a commercially fed pet or animal. Um, mm-hmm. Cat poop in the cat litter box is very skanky, you know, yeah. and usually you can smell it before you come into the house. And that's mm-hmm. usually just one cat. So when I tell them that I have 12 cats and one dog, or, you know, depending on how many animals I have in the house at that point in time, they're usually really amazed and how it doesn't smell. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that smell. You know, and I say, well, that's because my animals are, you know, raw fat you know um so they shed less or you know they don't have that 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 smell and the little box and i actually do that poop thing where i'll actually if i have a cat that donated a poop at some point i'll pick it up and um i actually did one test where i actually picked up some um poop from the cat litter and i tied it up in a baggie and i put it in my pocket and i was walking with uh, potential adopters and stuff and i was talking to them and you know they were very keen and i started to mention well, you know, uh, my animals are raw fed and, and, you know, I took out the poop from my bag, from my, from my pocket and they looked at me, you know, like, what's that? I was like, this is my cat poop. She's raw fed. And they're like, and they're amazed because like, number one, it didn't smell because they were following me around the place. <laughs> and they were like, you kept it in your pocket? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I opened it. I showed it. It's like, you know, really hard, little small rocks there. <laughs> They're beautiful. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with poop. You know, <laughs> I like that you're weird like that. <laughs> yeah. Every time my cats poop, and I've got twelve of them, so it's a bit of a challenge. But yeah. you know, I like, I like to investigate. So I will look at the poop, and I'll see based on whatever I fed. You know, you think like, okay, what did they eat, and how are they, and you know, when mm-hmm. they're sick and they're recovering. You know, it's something that, it's one. It's an important way of communication. Because they, you know, uh, they, they can't, well, we speak different languages, number one. And I'm not as intuitive like you, you know, uh, to communicate. You know of. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so looking, checking the poop is something that I do obsessively every day. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's good because that's where, you know, that's where you get the most information about health. Yeah. Or a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, you know, with, with checking poop and my dog, uh, sometimes she just likes to, to eat the cat's poop as well <laughs> in the little boxes. But, you know, I've learned to, to accept that. In the beginning, I, I, I used to freak out, you know. Um, but well, the, more, the more I learn, I, I, the more I learn and I realize, well, you know, it's pretty normal for them when they're outside. And since my cats are, uh, well, if they're all healthy and they're raw fat, okay, it's not that bad really, you know. Mm-hmm. And usually to me, it's a sign that, okay, her, her gut's not doing very well now. So I might, I might need to, to, to amp it up a bit for her because she's, she's a rescue, my dog. So mm-hmm. she had a lot of gut issues as well in the beginning. So, you know, we're all on a journey of trying to like help the animals at home here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you touch on a good subject, you know, the animals know what they need. So if you can allow them to, kind of pick and choose a little bit what they want. I mean, obviously not, you know, not like kids, you know, because <laughs> they would always, they would always get the, the kibble probably, but you know, um, they know naturally what feels good to them. And, and I mean, there are a lot of people out there who have, you know, their garden and, and they let the animals go and pick things and, yeah, that that's something I envy. I envy with with um with uh with you over there on on that side of the world where you have more land, you know. Um, here, we, uh, Singapore is about five point seven million in population. We're an mm-hmm. island city state, so yeah. I would say more than eighty percent of us live in high rise. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's a very urban environment, so you know, having a a garden in a backyard is is uh not. Yeah, you know, we have common common gardens in the estate, <clears throat> but it's not like having a private garden where you have 
uh, wild herbal plants that you know uh, you 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 allow your animals to roam and self-select. And that's something I learned. Um, I think last year with um when I got to know about um, I can't pronounce that word, zoopharmacoxy. Mm, yeah, uh, don't ask me right now. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, and a selection basically, animal self-selection. You know, um, that that was a very very interesting concept for me. Uh, that you know, animals will self-select and 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 uh, given the given the opportunity to to heal themselves. And you know, as uh, as animal guardians, uh, sometimes we we uh, control freaks. Mm-hmm. So we we don't we don't do that enough. You know, to to allow them that that freedom to 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 do that. So it's 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 it's, it's an interesting concept that I came across. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you do have to have a little more room for that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess you could have different vegetables or little pots of of things. You know, do it on a small scale. Oh yeah, we have. Uh, what I do is normally I'll go to the supermarket. And we'll get the organic uh, herbal potted plants, like you know rosemary mm-hmm. and thyme, and then we we'll just put it out, and we'll see which which cat or dog you know likes what, and it's it's quite fascinating because some cats really go for one particular plant, and they'll just gobble it up, you know. Uh, sometimes they'll throw up after that, you know, like to purge, um, and some just have no no interest whatsoever. You know, mm-hmm. and again, I think you know uh, goes back to I guess individual free will, even with animals. You know, right. don't force them to do too much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially not cats. Like nope. Cats, cats are ooh, they're bosses. <laughs> they be boss. <laughs> they're so they're such difficult clients or patients because they never want to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> so. Oh no, but I'm 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 amazed when I see some some vets actually do acupuncture on on cats because mm-hmm. I, I I can't imagine doing that for you know uh for my cat because some of them are so stubborn and they give you the yeah, evil eye, yeah. you know they give you the evil eye when you try to do anything new with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I'm just amazed that you know uh when when they accept acupuncture and how relaxed they are, and how you can see a, a positive change in them, you know, even the energy level and everything, you know, improves in such a way. Hello, baby. Yeah. I got a cat right here, right now. Yeah. 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 Come have a look. Come here. Come and see Dr. Sudo. Oh, no, you don't know. She doesn't want to say hi. She's quite happy underneath. She's quite happy underneath. Yeah. She's semi-feral. That one. But yeah. Well, I have taken up, a lot of your time now and I just wanted to say thank you so much you know for for humoring me <laughs> it was my, it was, I very much enjoyed talking to you definitely no. <laughs> well you know um, I, I just want to thank you because uh, you know I you know to, to learn more about you um, and I know that um, in the Facebook world um, you know everyone's talking about a lot of health issues and uh, COVID-19 and, and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes there's always the social media politics that goes on, a lot of ne- negativity going on. But um, I've always enjoyed when your, when your feed comes up, when your post comes up on my, on my social feed. And I enjoy reading it, you know, uh, and, and looking at what you post because, you know, you're just a very optimistic person. I mean, you know, it's just nice. It's just nice it's when everyone's feeling all sorts of, you know, uh, stressor and cabin fever and everything, you know, uh, just having you uh, post something, either be it, you know, uh, what you do at the at your clinic or even uh, your, your personal, when you're, your dance, your, your passion in dancing, um, you know, it, it just brings a smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really does. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you very much for what you do because, you know, uh, what you do is very special, truly. And I think you're a very special lady. And please don't stop what you're doing, you know. Continue <laughs> doing what you're doing. You know, I, I, love, I love the fact that you're so gung-ho and you just, you know, go head first and, and, and learn something new to share. Um, please continue doing that. Because yeah. I, 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 I look forward to your posts and, and, and your lectures whenever you, when you, when you yeah, post. Yeah, no, no, no. 
Definitely. I, I can't stop. I don't think I could. Um, you know, once you're kind of taken by the hand, you have to keep going. But, you know, you're doing a lot of good things on, on your end. You know, you're a pioneer in your neck of the woods and who knows what will come of it. Oh, I don't know. I'm flopping around. We'll see. <laughs> so long as the animals are happy with me, okay. <laughs> They're the boss. <laughs> you, you'll do what you do, but, you know, it's, it's refreshing. I mean, you have a very good attitude about things and you're inquisitive. You're smart. Um, you question convention and, you know, try to find more and, and improve on things and you're taking care of animals you have a big heart obviously you know taking in so many animals sucker. Um, the word sucker is here <laughs> crazy cat lady <laughs> yeah. yeah i think jay and adrian the two crazy cat ladies took that title i'm just yeah. a sucker you know when, when sometimes a cat comes up and you just say no 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 more no more and somehow you know like okay one more and we'll 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 see we'll see we'll we'll do what we can <laughs> but i think oh, the joy, sure the they joy appreciate that I and they're probably guiding you on your path you know they probably to learn more and more so well i would say um working with animals has made me a better human being because before that um i was your average Oh, boring person. I think, you know, uh, doing the daily grind and, and, you know, not much, I don't know, inspiration in life, no, not much passion. And when I started to open my heart to, to animals and the rescue world, um, wow, they turned my life upside down, but in a good way because it challenged me to really think about what's important in life and you know when you do rescue work is the foot how life is so fragile you know um one minute you're here next minute you're gone and you know uh i don't know i think animals they make you when you give them an opportunity to enter your heart uh it makes you really learn more about yourself especially the dark side that even you don't want to deal with sometimes, you know, we, we, we lock it up, we put it away, we repress it a lot and it's your own personal demon. Um, somehow the animals have helped me to really, you know, sometimes take a hard look at myself and like, you know, are you sure you're happy? Is this what you really want to do? You know, um, and uh, when we do palliative care and, you know, I'm learning to, to, to read the signs in a way you know, if you want to call it that, when the animal's ready to go, some of them want to go on their own terms and, you know, they, they, they choose to go when they want to, which sometimes I'm saying, oh, thank you, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, uh, I don't have to be put in that position where, you know, uh, it might be kinder to euthanize, you know, so we get cases like that. And I found with using um, the holistic alternative options in, in caregiving that it has helped me improve the quality of life even for those in palliative care you know uh, instead of the conventional side where they just put them on drip and the medication you just that quality of life is zero you know mm. but when, when you when you add improve the nutrition and you know you, you do some some uh, massage or acupuncture or you know essential oils or put pills and you see, you know, that spark of life suddenly, you know, they, you know, it's almost like a, a, a miracle and like, oh, it's just, you know, they, they come back to life, you know, and they enjoy it even if it's for a couple of months, you know, or you extend it for a year or two years. Um, to me, it's, it's very fulfilling. And I have, I have to thank people like you for, for, for showing the way because um, honestly, if it wasn't for people like you, I... I wouldn't know so much, you know, uh, and, and, and doing what I do, it, it helps, you know, if I was to follow the conventional way, I think I would be poor, oh, I don't know, maybe suicidal by now or, or extreme burnout because it's a vicious cycle doing that old, old school way. Whereas uh, when you have all this new alternative knowledge and you apply it to, to real life cases, um, 
it's a journey in itself where you sort of really, hmm, you learn a lot more about yourself. Like how big is your heart? <laughs> you know, how much can you give? <laughs> and, 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 and accepting the fact that you're going to get hurt at some point, but you know, it's part of life and death, you know, and you, and you learn to grieve and, and let go and know that the energy is still around you. You know, that's, that's something that I've, I've learned over the years where, you know, um, they're never truly gone, you know. Yeah, so I have, I have to thank, you know, um, teachers like you because you, you you're really like a teacher, you know, and I just wanted to say, you know, very personal thank you. You know, again, like I said, um, selfish reason interviewing you is to say thank you for doing what you do because you made an impact. You really did. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, you can be as selfish as you want. I'm always available to you because I appreciate what you do. And, um, you know, I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits here. So <laughs> it was very, very easy to talk with each other and have a conversation, you know, because I think we, we think alike in many ways. <laughs> and, oh, oh, well, so, that, that, coming from you, this is a huge compliment. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to part two of Dr. Odette's story. Look out for part two of Dr. Judy Morgan's interview next week. Wow, I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone. <laughs>